Hello, everyone, and welcome to Faction Wars, a new world podcast. My name is Taylor Allen, and joining me today is not Stephen Fontana, but my good friend, company mate, uh, the man I play with the most, Joseph Butler, aka Joby. Welcome to the show, Joe. That was a tongue twister. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for welcoming me. I feel very welcomed, and I'm really happy to be here. So I've been trying to get you on the show um, basically since we started. I've been begging uh-huh. you and begging you. And I understand you have you have a baby, like a, a, a fresh baby, yeah. right? Um, so it's difficult. But I'm glad that we were finally able to figure something out to get you on here. For the audience members listening at home, that in these first 30 seconds you go, wow, that man has a, a beautiful, sultry voice. I would like to listen to that more often. Uh, I have good news for you. Joe is going to be joining us as a permanent third chair. Obviously, you know, family, things like that come up. Like, Steven's moving this week. That's why he's not here. Um, but, yeah, Joe's going to be joining us um, on a semi-regular or mostly regular basis uh, because he and I nerd out about New World every day. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. That, that's all true, except for the part where you were begging me to come on the show, because I'm pretty sure I was the one begging you to let me come so that I can nerd out more than I already do. You're not supposed but, to throw uh, me under the bus, Joe. Come on. Come I on, mean, bro. I, I just didn't like, you know, my perspective from under the bus, so I just needed, I don't know. All right, fair. fair. Either way, happy to be here. <laughs> well, Joe, today we, are, we have a lot that we're going to be going over, as is Faction Wars uh, standard. The day after we release an episode, we get a massive announcement with a bunch of content. This has happened. This is episode seven. This has probably happened on like four of our episodes where the day after we release an episode, they just randomly drop a bunch of news. We even delayed our episode uh, a day last week so that we could get the most up to date info on the winter convergence and give us some hands on. Then the day after they have to go and drop that dev update. So. (laughs) Well, we've got great tradition to start. Yeah, it's good. It's great. We've got a lot to cover this week. Uh, for those of you that don't know, though, this is Faction Wars, a new world podcast, the podcast with the latest news, tips, tricks and stories from Eternum. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast services, including Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on an Apple device right now, or even if you're not, if you have an Apple device that you're not listening on, go to it. Search Faction Wars. We pop right up. We're the very first thing. Leave us a review. Reviews on Apple help us a ton to feed the algorithm. So if you could go do that, that would very be very much appreciated. Now, it's been a while since we've done this on Faction Wars, but I feel like because we have a new person entering the arena, we're going to be doing roll call again. So, Joe, tell me, what is your build... What level are you? What you've been working on? Tell me about your character in Eternum. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, my character in Eternum, uh, dubbed Lambent Sage in Eternum, uh, is currently uh, level 60. Um, I've got quite a bit of progress on the trade skills as well. Um but my build is currently really weird. <laughs> I'm one of those people who always is jumping around between builds because I love all the different weapons and all the different play styles. But I think that I've, I've kind of settled in a little bit to wanting to go more of a tank route. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right now I'm, I'm just trying out a few different things uh, to try and be a little bit creative with that. So currently I'm running the spear and rapier, actually, uh, with a focus in dexterity for my attributes. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this uh, a little bit later, I guess. But um, yeah, just been experimenting a little bit there, using the Carnelian gems, using some of the lesser-known taunt abilities, and uh, having a lot of fun with this with this unique build. Yes, the ever-so-famous tank weapon, the rapier. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised, man. You'd be surprised. I, as someone who plays with you pretty frequently, I can say it has worked way better than I ever thought it would. Way mm-hmm. better. Um, I was able to tank for a group through mines uh, without too much issue. So, um, yeah, it's 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 in the testing phase right now, but so far so good. That's amazing. For context, um, Joe has from the beginning 
been playing around with weird combinations of weapons and and trying to fit like a unconventional um role right uh i i believe you are the one that dubbed the the phrase the twizzard uh which is a yes. tanky wizard uh so yes. he was doing like up close uh fire staff stuff like um it it was a a pretty interesting combo actually so joe is famous for doing weird off meta combos and again it's not it's not because i i'm like the ultimate new world hipster or anything and trying to be different it's just because i I love all the different weapons and i it makes me sad to think that like there are abilities and and opportunities that are left you know without being explored and and i just get too curious and just want to try it out yeah, it, it definitely is fun playing with a different weapon and ability combinations. Uh, as someone who doesn't do that, yeah, you wouldn't been, know. <laughs> yeah, it kind of pigeonholed into this healing role and have you know begrudgingly fallen in love with it. Um, I don't really venture too far outside of that. So, you know, but I, you have been a little bit recently with the Void Gauntlet, right? Yeah, but like I, I got that up to weapon mastery twenty. I don't plan on leaving the void gauntlet anytime soon. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I find what I like and I stick with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I only have like two or three other weapons at twenty. So yeah, void gauntlet is the only one I don't have at twenty. <laughs> yeah, I you're, you're a monster. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. All right, well. It is time to jump into News World. We have a lot of stuff to go over, like I mentioned at the top of the show. We are going to start somewhere that we don't typically start with the most recent patch. uh, Patch 1.2.1, because it's it's tiny. It's a baby patch. It's it's itty bitty. I think, here, we've played this game before. I'm going to have you time me. I'm going to read through these patch notes, okay? We'll see how long it takes. Ready? I am ready. Restricted coin lock boxes earned from the Tree of Light to players level 14 and above. Reduce the amount of characters that can be created per day per account. Fix an issue causing Azoth balances to not be updated. Fix an issue that caused potions to drop at multiple gear scores, resulting in inventory stacking issues. Uh, enable a level playing field for players. We reset the faction cooldown time for all players. Fix an issue that occasionally caused the Weavers needed town project mission for winter convergence to not be completed. End. <laughs> Solid 25 seconds. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's very short. We got six bullet points. It's mostly just bug fixes, pretty minor stuff. But I will say, since this patch has come out, um, I've noticed that the map is a little bit snappier. It seems like uh, my missions are pinning and showing up correctly. I'm not getting stuff that is just like completely disappearing off of uh, my mini map to turn in anymore, uh, which is very much needed. And I'm very happy about it. Yeah, that's great. I think I also noticed, too, that I'm I'm able to uh, move things in bulk into my storage now. Oh, uh, like, that's like right. A section at a time. So that's yes, also they a didn't very, mention that. Very nice fix. Yeah. So that that was very annoying, just having to shift click and spam until you got all nine hundred gems that you were moving from one town to another out there. Um, but yeah, very very nice. Um, it, it's good that they are still from release putting out weekly patches. I, I think that goes unappreciated because not a lot of games are doing weekly updates. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I don't want to jump ahead too much here, but um, in, in the dev update, they actually talked about the pacing that they were going at and how it's a little bit like more of an advanced pace than what is typical. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of affected, I guess, affected how they've been releasing things and how things have been getting fixed. But We'll, yeah. we'll get more into that, but yeah, it's it's interesting to kind of see a little bit behind the curtain with uh, things like this. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think more importantly with this update is I know that they have been laying the groundwork for server merges for a while. Um, now, luckily, um, or maybe unluckily, I don't know, we were actually one of the, the first, like, five server clusters, ten server clusters on US East to get merged. Um, now the, the merge initially was a shock because we transferred to a server that was literally wall to wall. Every single territory was purple. 
And so we we get on right after the, the merge downtime has ended and open up our map for the first time and see that. And I have a panic attack, right? Because yeah. I'm like, I just convinced this smaller company of like 10 people to switch factions and join us like a month ago, right? They, they transferred to our server. They switched from purple to green. And then our server kind of, you know, slowed down. Purple took over. They had all but two territories. And I was like, yes, at this merge, we'll see, you know, a, a, a better balance, right? And we get in and it's all purple. I'm like, oh, no. What did I do? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and didn't, because I, I think that we were under the impression, too, that it was kind of more of a, a green-yellow yeah. dominant server that we were coming to so i think we had our hopes up for it to be a little different mm -hmm. um, and especially coming from our past everywhere it was um it was purple dominant as well was a little uh yeah a little disappointing there yeah and so uh, like at first glance as i was watching global chat every 10 minutes as a new person would sign on literally the first message from them without fail was like wtf is this map right like just so yeah. many people I was like, oh, no. But then we got in there and we started talking to other people in faction. Um, and like there was this really awesome energy, like the entire server was just kind of like buzzing. It was super active, like seeing tons of people running in and out. Cell uh, orders were moving super, super fast on the marketplace, um, which I had to like sell off a bunch of stuff because all of my sell orders ended and deposited into my Winsworth storage. Uh, and so I had like a thousand pounds over storage or something. So I was like, mm -hmm. relist everything, but like stuff was flying. Right. Um, and yeah. then we started talking about like, all right, we got to start pushing these, um, these different territories and declaring wars and stuff. And within like, four hours i think we had influence pushed on four different territories um and it, it was it was fun and it was exciting and it like there was a, a sense of newness about joining the server that i hadn't felt um with my main character with with our company in a long time so it, it's been really awesome um this just happened on monday so we're we're still fairly fresh but it's it's been a lot of fun. What have your impressions been of the server merges so far? Yeah, I mean, it, it feels kind of like what you just said. It's buzzing. It feels similar to uh, launch day, right? Mm -hmm. um, I remember, like, during launch, going out and trying to do some of the faction quests or some of the initial side quests around Windward where I started. And I was having to, like, fight... <laughs> fight as hard as I could to try and find like one single elk in an area mm -hmm. that I could kill and skin. Right. Um, yeah. and now it's not that bad, obviously, but like, it's nice to be wandering out in the wilderness and see people like just going about all the time doing whatever they're doing. Yeah. And it's, it's just feels more alive and full and, and I guess more like a, more like a truly online shared world than, than an online game where you occasionally interact with other people when you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It, it's been weird not being able to just run around everywhere and do everything flagged, too. Yeah. Because this server... <laughs> You're actually worried now. <laughs> yeah, this server takes PvP very seriously. Um, and if you're not paying attention out in the open world, you're going to get clobbered. Like, mm -hmm. you, you can't just flag and run through mines solo anymore. You can't just flag and, like, go and harvest resources anymore. Because they will find you and they will kill you. <laughs> yes, this is I, true. I made that mistake. I was just uh, running outside of Windsward. I was like, oh, I'll go uh, I'll go gather some stone, right? Because mm -hmm. I got my stone cutting up to 200 today. So I just needed to like get over that last little hump. Um, so I, I was gathering stone, um, totally forgot that I was flagged. And out of nowhere, uh, I see this dude run up and I see he's flagged and I was like, oh, you know whatever go about my business start smacking this rock he comes up great axe you know feral rush right at me reap i dead in like five seconds because i'm a life staff user you know i'm squishy boy um i was like i forgot that i was uh that i was flagged but it was actually a guy from our last server so i dm'd him and you know we we laughed about it but 
Um, yeah. it's, it's fun that there are like stakes now, you know, yes. and like, there's yes. these rivalries, um, between the factions and like, there's all of this renewed energy. We actually had a bunch of people who were on purple on our last server, just switch to green because they like really enjoy PVP too. And they like, couldn't push territory influence or anything because the entire map was purple. And so they were like, yeah, we want to be the underdogs and we want to like fight against this giant map of purple because we think we can take it over. And so it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've well, really and, enjoyed it. And that, that kind of touches on this, this other point that I've, I've seen is whenever I recognize a name from our past server, there's mm -hmm. like an immediate sense of camaraderie. Yeah, <laughs> Just totally. Because we're both from Royalo or however you say it. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's kind of fun to to experience that, and that that's cool to hear that there are some people that might have been our enemy in the past that are now our allies. That's yeah, fun. I really I, like that stuff. I actually saw someone post on Reddit that uh, I I thought it was a great idea, so I'd love to mention it here. Um, they said that if your server is merged to another one, everyone from the merging in server, so the server that doesn't exist anymore, should get a unique title that is the old server's name oh, so that you that can like cool. so you can see like oh that was like that dude from my last server you know mm -hmm. i think that's a great idea i would love it if they would implement that yeah that would be great or at least a, a, an easier option would even just be just give everyone a title of that's that's the name of the server that their character was created in initially sure just so everyone gets it everyone can kind of have that that would be really cool i'd like yeah. that a lot yeah, but I it was so fun this last week scrolling through Reddit because, listen, I love the New World subreddit, but sometimes it can be a bit of a downer, right? Uh, but scrolling through it this week, it was all just these, like, massive group pictures of these servers that decided to, like, get together in one area and take a, you know, a big group picture right before merge. It was it was really cool. Um, and there, there was I, I just a, a bunch of them. That's that's great. I had a little bit of that experience right before our server got merged. Just in global chat, everyone was just kind of in in a kind of joking way, being all like sappy and sentimental about Roylo dying. Yeah. And uh, people were like, I'm going to go and spend the last hours sitting on the beach where I, I started fishing and just waited out until, until it dies. And I actually joined a group of a bunch of people who all wanted to go and do one last run through mines before it died. It was just kind of cool. It's just... A big change like this inevitably brings with it um, interesting stories and interesting pairings of people that might have otherwise not happened. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's enough reminiscing and being sappy about our old server. Uh, but if you are on a server that's going to be merged, I would be very excited and, and anticipate that because um, the, the energy that it's created has been just absolutely awesome. Now, the next item on Newsworld this week, quickly, we're going to touch on Prime Gaming Update, because for the very first time since the game launched, we don't have anything else to look forward to in Prime Gaming. Um, and I think that they're probably just going to add some more stuff in the new year. Like, they're obviously going to, you know, it's Amazon, they're going to use their own thing, but we don't know what we can look forward to. The Thespian pack just dropped yesterday, today, something like that. Um, and now there's nothing to look forward to. So until the new year, big shrugs. No idea. However, I will say that the amount of free stuff we've gotten from Prime Gaming in this game has been good. And like the skins mm -hmm. that we've gotten, I think are actually pretty cool. And I've used them. And uh, this, this Thespian one is actually pretty sweet. It looks goofy at first, but it's actually... It's actually pretty cool, and I think it, it could pair well with, like, the Void touched armor skin or sure. even, like, the Fisherman skin with the purples in it, so mm -hmm. it's cool. I think they've done a good job with it so far. Yeah, I, I will say I think the Thespian skin is the best one that they've released so far. Um, the fact that they're giving you free premium currency with this is awesome. The weapon skins, in my opinion, leave a lot to be desired. Like, it, it kind of stinks what they've offered so far. Very boring. But... The the emotes, I think, have been some of the best offerings out there. Um, I still use, from the very first Prime Gaming drop, the Pirate Stance emote more than almost anything. Yeah. 
Um, it's it's one of my favorite emotes, and so I miss I miss when the barrel was absent and you just got to put your foot up in the air. Yeah, those were the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> simpler times back then. Um, but hold your pants. We'll see what uh, what's coming next from Prime Gaming. Um, yeah. but as far as other additional free new skins, uh, they did announce uh, today, yesterday. When was that? I think it was this morning. This morning, yeah. Uh, the New World and the Wheel of Time uh, are going to be pairing up because the Wheel of Time is a, a prime video show. Um, is going to be teaming up and releasing some skin sets as Twitch drops. So, starting the day that this uh, episode releases, December 23rd at 9pm, and then January 12th at 12am, these are both Pacific time. Um, sorry, between December 23rd and January 12th, if that wasn't clear. If you watch seven cumulative hours of New World drops-enabled streams between that window, you're going to get seven new uh, Prime Gaming drops that include two weapon skins, uh, a company crest, and four armor skins. So uh, it looks pretty cool. They they give out a, a list of a bunch of streamers that are doing watch parties and stuff uh, for the Wheel of Time finale. Uh, I think they look uh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually like them. I'm like one of those weirdos who likes to get into the role play of the game. And so I like my character to have clothing that's not like super crazy. And mm -hmm. so some stuff like this, it's a little more, uh, I guess, subtle and could be used alongside other skins is exciting to me. Yeah, I, I like it. And I, I think the colors pop just enough, like especially on that red one, that like red tunic that they have, I, I think is beautiful because it's like it's red, but it's believable. You know, it's not like neon Call of Duty red. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if, if like the look of these would have some significance to someone who has read the books or has watched the show. I'm sure there's some connection, obviously, but uh, mm -hmm. just as a third party observer, I think they look pretty neat. Yeah, and I, I think one of the um, the sword skin, I think, looks really good. Uh, the, the like one? Yeah, that like darker, yeah. more jagged one. Or is that the rapier? I, I don't know. One is a rapier skin, tell. one is a sword skin. Yeah, um, one looks like a bit of a katana, um, like a, a one-sided sword. Um, and then the others, yeah, it has like a serrated edge. It's like a dark metal. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, but very happy with it. I, I think they look great. I'm, I'm stoked about this. Definitely going to make sure that I've got, uh, you know, one of those Twitch streams up, um, to get those drops. All right. Final item in news world. This is the biggest one. We're going to jump into the dev update video that they posted last week. Um, going over, it, it was like an hour and a half long. If you haven't watched it, highly, highly recommend it. I love stuff like this personally. I think it humanizes the develop, the developer team. Um, and like, you know, kind of puts a face to who's making the game that you're pouring hundreds of hours into. Um, so I, I love stuff like this. I would love it if they would do this like every quarter. Um, and just kind of like give a, a glimpse into what they're working on. Um, you know, some of the hard things that they ran into, things like that. Um, so pretty big list of things that they went down. Uh, first and foremost, um, they announced some of the content that they're working on, uh, for the next couple of months, um, including they detailed probably what's going to be the biggest part of the January update. Uh, which is Dungeon Mutations. Um, so if you haven't watched the video, what Dungeon Mutations are is a like tiered ladder system of increasing difficulty uh, modifiers for the existing dungeons in the game. Um, they said that they're adding 10 tiers of difficulty. Uh, these are things that they're wanting you to run multiple times a day. And this is going to be like the premier end game pve content they said um with this they will include a gear score increase so that you can take on the toughest uh iterations of these dungeons which makes me think these are not going to be a joke like these are going to make mirkard look like a walk in the park um 
which I'm super excited about. Like, I really enjoy the PvE content in this game. I think the dungeons are some of the strongest um, content that they have. Um, and so I'm stoked about this. Yeah, same. I, I think that it's it's going to add some much-needed freshness to uh, the dungeons. And um, and again, like you said, already, I think they're they're really good, and I think they're some of the, the funnest content in the game. But I can imagine if, if you're someone who's able to run those like multiple times a week that eventually start to feel a little stale mm -hmm. um but now and, and i think the way it works is is now with the mutations it's going to be kind of like a rotating cycle where i think each week i could be wrong on that but each week or so they're going to like change what the mutation is and uh, that'll kind of affect how you go through the dungeon and i think it even they even said it'll affect the type of gear that you might get um in the loot yeah um, as you go through it yeah, so it sounds like each tier of this 10-tier system is going to have different mutations. So it'll be like um, enemies deal uh, fire damage or something like that, or enemies are immune to whatever type of damage, um, or, or a couple of examples that they gave. But it sounds like there's a bunch of different things that they're going to be able to do. Maybe it'll be like unique types of enemies in these dungeons that you don't normally see, um, you know, new bosses, things like that. Um, Every enemy's it, a slicer. Yeah, it it sounds like it's gonna be similar to like if you play Destiny, um, like Nightfalls, you know, where you have a, a rotating modifier uh, every day or every week, um, and you kind of have to work through that ladder for each of those tiers. Um, I don't know if they're gonna also rotate the dungeon that's on feature for that week, or if um, it's gonna be all of them. They didn't really detail it that much. Um, but I'm excited about this. I think the system is going to uh, offer a lot more for PvE players to look forward to in the end game. Yeah, and something else that I'm excited about with this too is that I think this will um, give some, uh, I guess it'll give some like validity or, or something to a, a lot of the armor perks or weapon perks mm -hmm. that before were to some degree useless. Like in my mind, I've always thought, why in the world would I ever put like a, a pristine um, uh, topaz, for example, to give me like uh, lightning resistance in, in like a really nice piece of gear? Because like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, when do you need light lightning resistance? There's like but, 10 lightning enemies in the entire game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's just kind of silly. But it, with, with this, if, you know, this week the, the uh, mutation is that enemies deal like lightning damage, then that suddenly becomes extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. um so little things like that i i just love the the new doors that this is going to open and i hope that we start to see a lot more variety in what's like considered meta or what's going to be valuable or or you know in in high demand yeah i think it will definitely give stone cutters especially pristine stone cutters that have you know leveled up their arcana to be able to craft quintessence and stuff as well um a lot more value in the game um so very excited yeah. about that as someone who recently hit 200 stone cutting <laughs> and and also like i think a lot of like the um craft mods and stuff Jeez. that people yeah, aren't crafting using mods that are considered like useless right now might mm -hmm. become much more valuable in the future as well yeah. yeah totally agree um they also detailed a couple of new weapons that are going to be coming um so for those of you that listened last week, uh, we have a segment called Weapon of the Week where Steven usually pitches me a weapon that he wants to see introduced in the game. Uh, last week, he said he wanted the blunderbuss. Uh, and then a day later, the developers announced that the next weapon being added to the game it was the blunderbuss. Um, so uh, so Steven is a prophet. Yeah, he is a prophet. Um, but super excited about that. They didn't tell us a lot about the weapon, but from both data mines and what they kind of hinted at in this dev update, it sounds like this is going to scale with strength and intelligence, which like is a combination that we haven't seen yet in the game and sounds absolutely awesome for a number of different reasons. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, because I think right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think right now the only weapon that has strength as a secondary scaling on it is the spear. Um, and so the the blunderbuss could because if, if i had to guess mm -hmm. i would assume it'd probably be intelligence and then strength as the secondary um but that that could open up a lot of possibilities i i mm -hmm. always love the idea of going in with a, a massive hammer and just taking all the bad guys to bonk city yeah but um i i really don't like not having a sort of ranged or more mobile option so i i think the blunderbuss can add a lot of spice to a more 
strength based like heavy melee type of build it's very sure. very exciting stuff sure i i hope that the blunder blunderbuss plays almost like a melee weapon like maybe a, a a reaching melee weapon like the spear but i i want it to have like a very short conical range right where you have to get right up in something's face if you're gonna hit it but you're gonna hit it really hard when you do kind of a thing um so i i think that could offer a lot of utility for um like fire staff users or musket users you know if they get yeah. ran up on trying to fight someone at close range with a musket is super difficult Terrible. and so <laughs> having a blunderbuss as like a secondary i think would be an awesome option um i think it gives really cool like um role-playing opportunities too that you're just yeah. like this crack shot um you know big gun guy um yeah. i'm that's i'm excited about want, it dude. That's, that's all I want. I just want to live out my piratical dreams and just be a, a musket blunderbuss wielding freaking swashbuckler. Sounds yeah. like a great time. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think this is going to be a really fun new weapon. Uh, and then the second weapon that they uh, mentioned was going to be coming soon is the great sword. Uh, you know, big two-handed sword. It sounds like that one's a little bit further down the road. I would bet that probably comes like March, April um maybe may something like that um so it sounds like it's it's down the road a little bit more but i know people have really wanted um some more like blade weapons it, this sounds like a really cool idea to me yeah so initially i was like man i can't think of a more boring sounding weapon than a great sword <laughs> um you know just just a big big old chunk of metal i want to swing at people mm -hmm. but from what they were talking about it sounds like they want to introduce some sort of like stance variation yeah so maybe it's it's going to be something like a almost like a hand and a half type type of deal where like you could technically wield it um like one-handed and have maybe more mobility or more speed in your light attacks or you can switch to two-handed and you know have have heavier harder hitting attacks i don't yeah. know what it's going to look like but the idea of having stance changing sounds really exciting to me yeah, I, I was super excited when they had mentioned that. I love um, when they introduce, like, new unique mechanics and stuff. Like, with Into the Void, they introduced a lot of really cool, um, like, debuffing abilities with the Void Gauntlet and, uh, you know, some of the new perks that they introduced with the December patch. Um, making it so that you can debuff your enemies more so it's not just, like, spamming healing, right? Um, and so as they introduce, like, more and more unique... Um, weapon abilities and and mechanics that kind of like counter and pile on top of each other i i think that's all a great thing so yeah yeah very, like very excited underbus for example i hope that there's a lot of like disengage options like a lot of pushback a lot of yeah you know maybe jump and shoot it and push myself back really far i, I think there's a lot they could do but yeah i totally agree very excited for the variety that's to come yeah it'll be a lot of fun uh, some of the other things that they detailed um, was uh, the way that they handle bugs, bots, um, you know, kind of the, the I, I don't want to say blunders, but like issues that they face since launch. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into like all of the details on all of this stuff, but I thought that section was like actually very endearing. Um, I really enjoyed listening to them like feel for the player base and be like we know that the game has like had some issues and we've been working like really hard to fix it it's just you know this this and this and kind of like understanding their thought process behind things and why certain things have happened you know they joked about like disabling trading and stuff and you know they all kind of like uh kind of laughed and cringed at the same time you know yeah but I, I thought that section was was very nice and endearing and like added a human element to this team that's making this game. Yeah. Well, and, and not just that, but I, I could really feel from them that they like care deeply about the integrity of the game, too. Yep. You know, when they were talking about bands and they were talking about how they try and handle things like that, in, in addition to the bugs, it just felt like, again, like the the... I guess the point of all of this, the point of all the fixing and the moving as fast as they can to try and, you know, take care of the most important things is because the game being a great experience for everybody and uh, I guess like just having, again, integrity, having some sort of uh, like solidity to it is is very important to them, uh, which mm -hmm. is really cool to me. Actually, like 
after listening to that, um, I, I actually reported a couple of just like random bugs that I saw as I was running around. Like there was a torch with no torch. It was just a fire like hanging in the wall. <laughs> I went into the game menu, submitted feedback, and I just said, hey, just notice this. Because they, they can see like where your location is when you do that. And so, yeah. I don't know. It, it, just, it just made me want to like, I guess, help them make the game better because I could tell that they really cared about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was, personally, it was one of my favorite sections. Um, they even made a joke. Um, the lead... Um, QA, I think she was the QA person. I can't remember exactly what her position was. Uh, but she even yeah, she even joked like, um, hey, we promise we're not keeping things out of the patch notes from you. It's just like our engineers are over here doing stuff and they don't really tell people sometimes and like they fudge a number, not realizing that that affects this entire loot table that you know has this like lasting consequence so we promise we're not trying to like hide anything from you guys in these patch notes we just got a lot of hands in the cookie jar kind of a thing yeah and i think that's emblematic of the the sort of the, the feeling of the entire thing very transparent very open they're yep. just wanting to to connect with the players more and more yeah that's great absolutely um was there anything else from this update that really stood out to you um that you liked just the update in general, like the winter convergence update. No, from the the, the dev developer games. update, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So again, a little bit talking about the the bands and stuff when they were talking about that. Um, it, it was kind of just interesting how frank they were about like them not being okay with that type of behavior. Yeah, because I, I I don't know, but it, it kind of I've I've always just kind of felt I guess the culture around that type of stuff is like if you can get away with it and if it benefits you like you know try it <laughs> i guess or something yeah or it at least feels like that in in the conversations i hear sure but to them it was like no if if you're gonna do something that's gonna you know affect other players in any way including if you get somewhere or or achieve something faster than someone else who did it the right way like that affects them that that devalues what they're doing mm -hmm. that's not okay and just hearing them being like super frank about that was really cool to me and and made me be a lot more appreciative of the work that they do in that aspect um, but yeah, no, it was just a lot of good stuff. It was really good to kind of, again, see behind the curtain a little bit and, um, get a glimpse into the future and, and what, what exciting things are, are waiting for us there. Yeah. And it sounded like a lot of the stuff that they talked about is all going to be coming in the first couple of months of next year. Like it, it yeah. was pretty short term. It didn't sound like they were pushing a lot of this stuff out um you know a year out or so like it, it was very immediate like the fact that dungeon mutations they're planning for the january update is mm -hmm. that really surprises me um but i i think it's awesome um so mm -hmm. love this update i hope we get to see this more often like i said if i if i get this every quarter i'm i'm a happy man yeah same all right joe well that covers news world for this week Let's get into the tips and tricks. Oh, boy. So I normally do this, but I'm going to have you give us a tip and trick, tip and or trick for this week's episode. Very cool. Very exciting. So um, my tip and or trick for this week is going to be um, paying more closer attention to uh, damage type, actually. This is something that I have only recently really started to pay attention to a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and it's had some huge, huge effects for me. So like I was saying earlier, my build right now is super weird. I'm doing a spear rapier um, tank build. Yeah. And so uh, the, the first kind of part of this is um, I, I went and looked through the weapon mastery abilities and realized that there are actually quite a few taunt abilities on weapons aside from the sword and shield. Mm -hmm. um so for example the great axe i think has one or two um the hammer has one the hatchet has one the berserk uh, ability mm -hmm. the rapier's uh repost i think is how you say it yep. is a taunt the spears vault kick is a taunt um there's just like a lot i guess like more out there than i was initially thinking and so um with this new interesting build um I, I realized that one of my weaknesses is that I do a lot of thrust damage. Mm -hmm. Rapier, 
Um, everything is thrust damage except for the repost. When you stun them, it's it's uh, blunt damage. Yeah. And then on the spear, um, it's primarily thrust damage, but there are a few weapon or a few abilities that do blunt damage as well. Yeah. And so I was really ineffective against Angry Earth areas. Um, I was dealing a lot less damage. And actually, do, do you know what the percentage decreases or increase when you have like an effective or ineffective damage type? Uh, I off the top of my head. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I think it's like 50%. It's yeah. 50, 40%. It's pretty significant. I want to say 40, but yeah, it's it's huge. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. And so I, I realized that, and I, I realized that if I want to do something interesting with my build here, I need to kind of diversify my ability to do different damage types. Mm-hmm. And so I expect my, my uh, spear to be able to do quite a bit of blunt damage. So, for example, I use Whirlwind on the spear. Mm-hmm. I use Vault Kick, and then I use the, um, the Knockdown. Sweep. sweep. Yeah. And all of those do um, do blunt damage. And so mm-hmm. that, you know, has been helpful in areas where thrust is ineffective. Um, I also uh, got the hatchet, and I, I threw in a ruby onto a hatchet so that I could have an, a sort of secondary weapon option for slash damage. And uh, specifically to go fight the Angry Earth, because um, I have slash damage and fire damage on that, which does, you know, quite a bit to Angry Earth. So yeah. I was able to go and, like, solo Eridanus, for example um the elite area in restless shores with my hatchet because i was just dealing you know that extra 40 or 50 percent damage whatever it was and yeah. uh, it felt really good <laughs> feels good to see those those numbers pop up in yellow and orange instead of blue and orange uh-huh so, yeah this um, is this is especially important too if you're doing um end game dungeons uh or if like you're running through end game elite zones uh for example if you want to do lazarus instrumentality um, blunt damage and void damage are a must because yeah, sure. all of the ancients are vulnerable to blunt and void. Um, so that's why you see people who um, say that you have to like link your hammer if you want to run Lazarus, if they're looking for a group or whatever, you know, so void gauntlets, hammers, things like that really good against uh, the ancients and makes a pretty significant difference. Yeah. So the tip would be if you want a really quick and uh, relatively costless way to uh increase your damage output um just pay attention to the enemies you're fighting and the damage types you're doing and there should be some way that you can sort of specialize or optimize for certain areas that you're going into beautiful well joe i normally am the one that field the pitches for weapon of the week from steven but since steven's not here i'm gonna pitch you on a weapon of the week this week okay I understand we have a sword and shield. We've got a rapier, which is like a, a little pointy sword. Um, and they just announced the um, the great sword, right? So we, we have some sword weapons that are in the game or coming. But I thought it would be really cool because in, in the dev update, they kind of talked about taking inspiration from um, other parts of the world and other cultures and stuff. I thought it would be really interesting if they introduced what's called i'm probably going to butcher this the kilij which is a curved sword that was used in the ottoman empire in the 1600s uh so it fits with the time frame think of like a kind of like a scimitar right uh like a, a really long curved sword um you know that you see like the guards in aladdin using and stuff okay um i think it would be really cool if we could dual wield these think like a a uh like really acrobatic um you know kind of like jumping and kicking and spinning and stuff a a lot of like twirling moves with it i think that would be really cool and would offer a nice bladed alternative to uh what we have in the game i'm I'm thinking it would probably be dex based um you know dex int maybe i think could be really cool um you know really high speed high maneuverability I think that would be cool. What do you think? Yeah, I think that'd be way cool. When when you said that, I, I looked it up and uh, seeing the pictures, I thought immediately, oh, this is basically the dancer boss from Dark Souls 3. Yep. Right? Yes. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be very cool sort of play style or, or fighting style to, to have in the game. And yeah, I, I, th- I could actually see something like this maybe being like a dex uh, focus weapon too. Ooh. Um, that could be really cool. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it was actually interesting in the dev update. They did talk about daggers and like the idea of dual wielding mm -hmm. daggers, I think, and how that was one that was, I think, as they put it, like on the table, but like far away. Yeah. <laughs> like a, still just a, a thought right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this would be maybe like a more flavorful, uh, New World esque version of of what like daggers might be in in a more standard fantasy setting. Yeah, I I think they would be really cool. All right. Yeah, good, good pitch. Good pitch. Thanks. Appreciate it. We'll send it up to Papa Bezos. Get yep. it printed. Get it going. I'll uh, text Jeff real quick. Love it. Now, because you're joining us on a semi-regular basis, I wanted to get you your own segment. Um, and there's nothing that you love in this game more and nothing that I like to make fun of you for more than you nerding out over lore. So, for the very first time ever, we are now entering Joby's Lore Lowdown. Welcome to my dungeon. Wow. <laughs> just kidding, sorry. That's not going to be the vibe of this section. Um, just needed to uh, give Taylor something else to uh, make fun of me for. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some lore, dude. I've got some real exciting stuff to discuss with you today. So uh, put on your, your nerdy hat and let's let's all sit down by the fire and talk about some lore here. Um, I wanted to do a quick little dive into the lore of the Winter Wanderer from the Winter Convergence uh, event that's going on right now. Because I think if, if, if I had to guess, there's probably a lot of people who are going through the Winter um, Villages and just picking up those flamey blue notes on the ground without too much thought and not even reading what's going on. And it's a shame. It's a real shame. Because yeah, there's, you, some, there's some fun stuff in there. My tip or trick of the week is if you walk up to the lore and press T, it'll add it to your inventory without actually having to read it. So mm -hmm. there's my tip of the week. Yeah. And then you uh, immediately become a degenerate and you lose all your brain cells. And um, it's, it's a sad ending to your story. So don't do that. Bad tip. Um, Okay, let me let me tell you a little bit about the Winter Wanderer. So to give some context for this, I actually listened to um, a a another uh, New World podcast where they interviewed. Um, let me actually find his name. They interviewed Robert Chesney, who is I think the narrative lead at Amazon Game Studios, and oh sorry, senior narrative designer yep. lead. <laughs> um, and he's a really cool guy. He was like super open and, and was actually like a really funny guy. And uh, he was talking about kind of the inspiration behind a lot of the lore and new worlds and specifically with the winter convergence. Um, and one of the things that he talked about the most was the idea that this isn't in some other world. This isn't like some vague fantasy setting. This is in our world. And so everything that happens in a turnum is affected by you know, the world or the, the, the people that are in a tournament are coming from. And so the lore of the winter wanderer is, is kind of this like mysterious uh, result or amalgamation of all these interesting, um, you know, legends and, and myths and stories that uh, have maybe like a, a, a root or a foothold in the real world. And so one of the things that stood out to me from the lore pages of the winter wanderer, um, if you go from, uh, if you look in the second page and the third page, it, it, it talks about the Winter Wanderer's first aspect in the second page and his second aspect in the third page. Uh, but it's interesting. So the, the, the second page is very like positive. It's, it's almost like making the Winter Wanderer out to be like a, a Santa Claus or Father Christmas type of figure, like very benevolent and jolly and, and happy. Um, and that's his first aspect. It says, know him by his first aspect. And then in the next lore page, it says, know him by his second aspect, and it gets real dark. <laughs> it gets real oh, spooky. We got like a, um, a Krampus situation. Yeah, basically, basically. Um, it, like, he comes cloaked in a patchwork coat stitched from all of our nightmares. Uh, <laughs> he comes with a prerogative of vengeance. <laughs> you know? Holy cow. It's like, yeah, it's like the, it's like good cop, bad cop to the max. And so I, I kind of have been going through the Winter Convergence event thinking of this giant yeti in the villages as like this 
really goofy like mascot character that I didn't really care a lot about. But now mm-hmm. with like this kind of darker undertone and actually like understanding a little bit of what might be uh, motivating him to do what he's doing, it's actually a lot more interesting. And uh, I've I've enjoyed reading through this stuff a lot more. Uh, thinking about that, so I would encourage you to read through the um, the winter wanderer lore pages they're actually pretty good it's like a song it's like a chant and it's it's kind of fun to read through fun would you say it's like a christmas carol i would say it is similar it's it's almost as if there were a bunch of uh winter themed carols from across the world that got uh mushed together into one and and eventually kind of found its way to a turnum. like if you if you look at some of the names that they refer uh, it, it refers to when it's describing the Winter Wanderer. It says, "Call him Yulnir, call him Father Winter, or call him Yotunir or Lord Frost, Winter Warrior." There's like a lot of yeah, I don't know, kind of maybe like Norwegian-sounding sure names in there. It's it's cool. It's good stuff. There's a lot it, going on. Amazing. I'm so happy that you were able to do that, and I got to take a nap while you explained the lore. Thank you very much. Hey, you know what? Your support means a lot to me and uh little do you yeah. know i actually just created this segment so that i could make fun of you on the podcast about your lore nerdiness believe yeah. it or not well, i am okay with that because i'll take any and all opportunities to nerd out about the lore in this game so awesome i'm okay with you making fun of me well that is gonna wrap up this week's episode of faction wars a new world podcast thank you all so much for listening Uh, If you would like to support the show, you can support us over at patreon.com slash NDS podcasts. Not only do you get access to this show, Faction Wars, you also get uh, early access um, and exclusive access to things like the Dual Screens podcast, where we've interviewed over 300 indie developers, voice actors, and other members of the games industry, as well as the Crossplay podcast, which is our weekly video game news show. Um, and other exclusive content, we've got a, a D&D campaign that we put up on there. We, you know, do like Q&As and things like that as well. Uh, so if you're interested in supporting that, uh, that is patreon.com slash NDS podcasts. Uh, we literally would not be able to do this show without the very generous support from the people who uh, head over there, especially our Patreon producers, uh, FNH Paul, Colton, the Apprentice Nestler, and Vegas Girl on Fire. Thank you all so much for supporting um and being so generous uh with this group of idiots that we have here now until next week hopefully we can get the whole crew together keep wandering that winter 